Welcome to Level 10 Mastery with Ben Lawler. On this podcast, we interview the best and brightest in all walks of life. By doing this, we help you, our listener, become the best version of yourself. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Welcome back to another episode of Level 10 Mastery. Today, we have a very special guest, Mr. Wayne Schoenberg. Wayne is without parallel, a leadership speaker and trainer. Wayne served as commanding top officer of a secret Army intelligence detachment covering all of the 4th and 5th Army territories. He honed his skills as a highly respected and recognized leader of a detachment comprised of highly skilled senior non-commissioned officers. Wayne has subsequently served on the board of directors of various nonprofit and professional organizations as varied as the YMCA to the Missouri Association of Trial Attorneys. He's the past president of the, the St. Louis Gateway Chapter National Speakers Association and has served as a member of the chapter leadership committee of the national organization. Wayne is an accomplished trial attorney and entrepreneur. He's a veteran of more than 200 jury trials, a million dollar advocate, rated AV by Martindale Hubble and recognized as a top 100 trial lawyer by the National Trial Lawyers Association. Wayne, thanks for joining us this morning. Well, thanks for inviting me. I'm looking forward to it. So starting out, tell us how are are you and Rebecca holding up during the... uh, the global pandemic. Rebecca and I are having, frankly, a great time. We could spend a lot of time together that we didn't beforehand. And right now we're in the process of building a new home. And so Rebecca, uh, Rebecca's uh, an award-winning interior designer. So she spends probably six hours a day at the, at the drawing board drafting uh, uh, online the plans for the house and the furniture and everything. And so we spend a lot of time discussing that probably in more detail than I would like to, but, uh, yes, uh, but we're having a great time. And then we, uh, we try and take a, a daily ride. We go out and ride around somewhere for about an hour and just, just ride. We, That's awesome. Where we are some love, of your favorite places to, uh, to ride in St. Louis? Oh, there, you know, we don't have any favorite places. Um, what we like is discovering new things. So we'll sit down and, 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 and it's just the other day, as an example, we decided we would ride to the Sappington Road runs right by our current home. We decided that we would drive to the end of Sappington Road because I've never been to the end of Sappington Road and I'd like to know where it goes. So we drove to the end of Sappington Road and it's not that exciting. It's in South St. Louis County and down around Tesson Ferry. So, but uh, we just enjoy spending time with each other and, and, uh, we love, for instance, we love road trips. So if I go on a speaking gig or to any of the um, National Speakers Association meetings and I can work into my schedule, we'll drive there together. She'll come along with me. So we've been to, um, uh, we've been to Colorado. We've been to uh, Dallas, uh, Houston, uh, just all sorts of places. And we drive because we get to spend time in the car together. Wow. Well, there's something special about a, a road trip. It reminds me, uh, growing up, I'm one of six boys. And uh, instead of flying, we would always road trip it, typically to uh, 
to Florida. But uh, man, there's something powerful about about just getting out on the road and and seeing the uh, seeing the countryside. Man, you know, I wait. had no. I had no idea how brave my parents were, but my grandmother moved to St. Petersburg, Florida when I was, she was one of the first white haired ladies there. And every yeah. summer, my parents would pack me and my two sisters and the dog into an unair conditioned car and drive to St. Petersburg, Florida <laughs> on, on two lane highways in an unair conditioned car. I mean, that's, that's more than that. <laughs> oh man. Well, Wayne, today I, I'd love to dive into uh, speaking, coaching, leadership. But before we do that, if you don't mind, um, I'd love to hear just a little bit about your uh, your backstory, kind of uh, where you grew up, uh, your time at school, and a little bit about your time in the military. Well, Ben, I was born in New Orleans, Louisiana. My uh, mother's father was a riverboat captain of some note, uh, and he worked the rivers. And my mom lived in New Orleans, uh, growing up, she was born in St. Louis, lived in New Orleans because that's where her, her dad was stationed out of. So I was born there after the war, after World War II, and my dad got back. Uh, they moved to St. Louis when I was about three years old, and I came with them because I figured they'd need my help. Lived around, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> lived around the area that is um, uh, just south of Barnes Hospital on a street called Arco. Okay. And then, uh, then I, I, we moved over to Dogtown, and I went to St. James the Greater grade school and then went on to McBride High School and then the University of Missouri at Columbia for a political science degree. Then I went in the Army uh, and came back and went to law school. So my time in the Army was most interesting. I enlisted for Officers Candidate School. Um to go to go in military intelligence. My dad was an intelligence officer in, in World War II in North Africa, and of course, I wanted to be, do the same thing. So, I enlisted sure. to, go to military intelligence. They ended up sending me to, so I had to enlist for infantry officers candidate school. And in the army's wisdom, they sent me to engineer officer candidate school because that's where they were commissioning the military intelligence officers out out of now. To be candid with you, when we got to the eighth week, they gave us a little talk and they said, look, if you've got anything in your background that is questionable, you're not going to get a clearance and you're going to end up as an engineer officer if you're one of those people who wanted to be a military intelligence officer. So if you opt out now, you can take your chances on your branch later on if you say you don't want to do that. Well, I had a lot of questionable things in my background <laughs> as a... Uh, as an undergraduate, I worked my way through school in a commercial radio station at, on a very popular, very popular show. And I went by the name of Adam Bond. Adam Bond. Adam Bond. And Adam Bond did a lot of stuff, uh, probably smoked a little weed. And um, uh, so I heard. Uh, <laughs> in any event, I thought those things might be questionable. So I opted out. I graduated uh, in the top three in my class uh, and chose the adjutant general corps, went to branch school. And when I came out, I can remember the look on the guy's face when we got our orders at the end of the AG school. It was a course where they taught you how to be in there. Go down and get the orders. And this guy's, his jaws hanging open. He says, wow, you've made, you've been made commanding officer of a, a military intelligence detachment. 
and I, I kind of went, eh, lean back, and I thought, whoa. And he said, um, uh, that's great. I'm a second lieutenant and commanding officer. That's great. That's wonderful. That's really cool. I thought, yeah. well, that's really cool. I said, but this military intelligence, I said, I don't have a, a top secret clearance. He said, I don't know. They're going to figure that out. And by the time I got from branch <laughs> school down to um, uh, Fort Leonard Wood, I, I was granted a top secret cryptographic clearance with access to special intelligence, which is the highest clearance. Uh, that same clearance that the president gets. Wow. Incredible. <clears throat> so I went in there. Um, and here's, here's where, here's my father taught me about how to be an officer. He was a captain, but he taught me about how to be an officer. And what he drilled into my head was that the non-commissioned officers run the army and you better, you better take that into consideration. So when I got to my unit, my first sergeant sat me down and he said, sir, here's the deal. You're, uh, uh, you're, you're the boss. He said, I know I'm yeah. an acting commander. He said, they send me a second lieutenant and they, the second lieutenant stays here about three months, then goes off to Vietnam. Right. And then when, uh, when in the interim, he said, it's a captain's slot. He said, we don't have any captains around. So we give it to second lieutenants. He said, uh, okay. I, he said, I'm acting commander most of the time. He said, I've been acting commander for the last nine months. But he said, you're the boss now, so what do you want me to do? And I said, well, first sergeant, just do whatever it was you were doing. He said, we have four units in the world like this, and we're always number one. I said, well, do whatever you're doing, and, and just I'll stay out of the way. Right. And interestingly enough, <clears throat> I volunteered to go to Vietnam because I had to get back to go to law school in time. And okay. they didn't they didn't process my paperwork fast enough, so I called Department of the Army. And the short version of the story is that this first sergeant had finally found a lieutenant who understood who was in charge. Yes. And, and put and, and put the word in Department of the Army. I stayed there at that unit for the entire time I was in for the whole two years. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the lady at lady at Department of the Army said to me, she said, oh, you're that lieutenant of Fort Leonard Wood. I said, yes. She said, oh, there's a flag <laughs> on your file, and it says that we can't send you to Vietnam because of the intelligence information you've been exposed to. Well, Really? Yeah, but I knew that was a lie. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, yes. all, my guys, all my guys had been to Vietnam, and they saw the same stuff right. I did. Yeah. So um, uh, this first sergeant just found a guy who, who knew who was boss. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, Wayne, thank you for uh, thank you for your service to oh, uh, our country. Hey, I, it was a, it was a it was a great pleasure and, and an honor. All right. So after your military experience, went to uh, went to law school. Now, out of law school, I understand you uh, you wrote a book. Is that right? Well, I've written two books. Um, the first book I wrote was called "No Clients, No Job, No Problem," and Ben. <clears throat> When I, when I got out of law school, uh, another fellow, an older lawyer, and I were going to buy a title company together. He was going to buy the title company, and I was going to run it. Okay. And so I didn't interview for any jobs. I had a job. As a matter of fact, I had been to the, the office where the title company was with the lawyer who owned it, and he showed me where my, this, the guy who was going to sell it to us, showed me where my office was going to be, and, and uh, we were going to practice together and everything. And Yes. Um, Suddenly, the last the last final I took in law school, I called him and I said, Al, I said, I haven't heard from you for a while. I'm done. I'm ready to come up there. And he said, oh, right. I, I remember we were going to sell that to somebody else. So 
that deal fell through. So there I was with no job and no clients. Oh, and, man. So what'd you <laughs> yeah. do? Well, I, here I am. I, I went out and built a, built a practice from literally the, the ground up. My, my first month, I made $68. Holy cow. <laughs> Incredible. So, what, so tell us about that. What were some of those challenges that you, uh, that you faced early on? What were some of those obstacles that you, uh, that you overcame? Well, some of the early obstacles were I went into a community, a very tight-knit community. I was, it was a small town. We were going to buy this title company in Warrington, Missouri, which, is, which was a tiny town then. Uh, I went to Warrington because I had committed to go there. And I, so I, what I did is I went around and I introduced myself to a, a number of lawyers. And I said, look, I'm coming to, to down to practice. Anything you don't want, please send to me. Yeah, I met. I finally got around to it was one guy's office, and he said, "Well, look, I've got an office here. You can we can call it a partnership. You can come in here and work out of out of my office, and and we'll call it a partnership. And if I have stuff, I'll give it to you." So that's what I did. I just went into his office, and and um, we sort of formed a, a partnership. I wouldn't call it the greatest business model in town. <laughs> <laughs> as, I say, as I say, I made sixty eight dollars the first month, but. Uh, Holy cow. Well, you've come a long way since then. So let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about, you know, success a little bit. In your opinion, Wayne, how does a person, especially early on, kind of hone their craft? How do they uh, take their business, take their career to the, to the next level? Well, Ben, I'm telling you now what I've learned through all those years rather than what I, what I did, okay? Yes, in the, in the absolutely. Book, that's, that's what the book is all about. Is not don't. It, there's easier ways to do it than I did. All yeah, right. you can learn what to do, but you can also learn what not to do. Exactly. So what I would tell people now, or what I do tell people now is, first of all, find what, you, what it is that really pleases you. If, you, if this is your career, now, I know yes. that, that we criticize millennials a lot for changing jobs and, and that sort of thing, and, and there's really nothing wrong with it. That's their present, and that's what they're doing, and that's fine. But find something that you really like, even within okay. the narrow range of your career. So as a, prof as a lawyer, I don't like certain things about practicing law, and I don't do them. When you start, of course, you think, gee, I want to do everything because I've got to make every dollar I can. Nobody really knows then what you do. Finding a, a lane is very important. So, for okay. instance, now I just do criminal law. I do traffic tickets to murder cases, anything involved in that. If you have a will, I'll send you to a lawyer if I know he does the wills. So that's one of the things. Identify yourself in your community. Identify yourself to your friends. So, for instance, I know that you are a haberdasher, okay, that you're yes, a— Yes, sir. And, and that's what you do. So it, when somebody Absolutely. says to me, that's my area of focus, that's my passion. Exactly. So find out what you, what you like and then then let people know that that's what you like and that's what you do. But perseverance okay. perseverance is really important. And uh, as, as I like to tell people, go out and get punched in the face a couple of times. Because what you're going to find out is is it might hurt a little bit right then, but it's not it's not the end of the world. Get knocked down. You get back up and you and you move on and you learn all of those lessons. Those those aren't failures. Those are, are learning experiences. Those are things that that help you know where not to go. For instance, okay. So I had a guy Absolutely. come to me. One time, had a guy come to me one time and asked me to to coach him, and we talked. And I said, well, "What do you want to do?" He said, "Well, I want to run 
certain type of business. And I said, okay, that's fine. Let's, why aren't you doing that? Well, I've had two businesses before and they failed. I said, well, look, look at everything you learned in those, those two experiences. I mean, that's as good as a, a, a business degree. From, Absolutely. From look at the look at the opportunity yeah. there. Look at the the positive things that you picked up along the along the way, right? Sure, sure. So get experience. Go on and, and take risks. The the worst thing that's going to happen is that you're going to lose all of your money. People go, yeah, that's right. That's the worst thing that's going to happen to me. Well, you know, it's, you didn't have any money when you were born. Absolutely, money comes and goes. <laughs> the last time I checked, it's it's just rented. You know, you yeah. can keep it for a while, but at the end of the day, you give it back. <laughs> <laughs> I sure do. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, bad. That's awesome. Well, let's talk a, a little bit about leadership. Wayne, in your opinion, what are some of those uh, what are some of those qualities? What are some of those traits that really define an effective leader? Well, let's start with the the very first thing, the very first and most important tool that you have to have and you got two of them when you were born. First important tool for a leader is listening. So you got two ears and you have to listen. Leadership is about service. Now, people who are not good leaders seem to believe that leadership is about giving orders. Yes. Leadership is not about giving orders. Leadership is about helping people succeed, helping people in your team come to their fullest potential so that they can come together to accomplish whatever the task or the goal or the mission is. So if you're a military commander, you have a mission. It's written out there. There's a, a, a it's very specifically written. You're going to take Hill 476. You're going to do it this way. They tell you how you're going to do it. You have a battle plan and, and you go. Your job as a military leader is to inspire those people to put their lives at risk to go after that mission. In the sales business, as you well know, if you're a sales leader, if you're the, the, the sales director, then your job is to inspire people to get past those hurdles, those obstacles that they see out there, those windmills that they see out there that, that make them think that they're not going to be able to accomplish the mission. You've got to yes. inspire them to go that extra mile, to, to make that extra phone call, to knock on that extra door to realize that the the more they do it, the closer they get to yes. And so you can get to you can get to draw any examples, but that's what leadership is about. Leadership is about inspiring others to be their best. I love it. It sounds like taking the focus really off yourself and putting it on others. I've I've talked to a number of leaders over the years, Wayne, that are just they're consumed with title. You know, I'm the regional vice president or I'm the <laughs> vice president. But at the end of the day, from what I found, the best leaders they really don't care about title. It's more so how many people can I help along the way? How many people can I serve along the way? It's, it's the law of reciprocity, right? If you help enough other people get what they want, ultimately you get what you want. Well, that's, that's exactly right. And that's the, that's the key. Look, anybody can get elected to a leadership position. That doesn't make them a leader. Yes. And in the, in the book from years ago, back from, I guess, the 60s, maybe uh, 70s, uh, called The Peter Principle, one of the, yes. one of the problems that, that we still have in our, our world, corporate world, is that we promote people past their level of competency. So suddenly a guy will be a great salesman and we'll make him a sales manager. He's not a, he's not a manager at all. He's a great salesperson. 
Uh, sure. We'll be a, a great auto mechanic and we'll make him a, a, a foreman. He's not a good foreman. He's a great auto mechanic. So being elected to a leadership position does not make you a leader. As a matter of fact, there are plenty of people who strive for these titles, for these leadership titles, who have no idea what leading is, is about, what leadership is about. Leadership is about service. Absolutely right. You know, Wayne, speaking of that, what advice do you have for our listeners out there during these current times, during this pandemic? You know, somebody that's in a leadership role and their, their team is in panic mode and they're, they're wondering about a number of different things. Uh, do you have any advice for, for people during, during these times that we're experiencing? My advice might seem a little odd, Ben, but Rudyard Kipling wrote a poem called If, and that poem encapsulates all of life's secrets. It's a fascinating poem. It's one of my favorite poems, and it starts, if you can keep your head while those about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. Now, that's the first stanza. And then it goes through, uh, I think there are six stanzas in it. And what it is, is Rudyard Kipling was writing this as a a lesson to his son, because it ends, uh, then you'll be a man, my son. But it has a number of great things in there. Primarily, one of them is is you cannot panic. And I know that, that it's perfectly understandable now that people are in a panic mode. But one of the things in which they should take some comfort is, is that almost everybody else is in that same situation. Absolutely. It is not, it's very easy to say, and it's hard for people to digest, but your financial situation is not the most important thing in your life. And as soon as you, as, as soon as you, well, let me put it a different way. There's a, a great saying. I don't know where I picked it up. I picked it up one day. Never let my wants exceed my needs. Yes. Okay. I have, and people always look at me funny when I say this, I have all the money I need. Yes. I have right now, today, I have all the money I need. I have everything I need. As a matter of fact, I have more than what I need. So if my wants never exceed my needs, I'm always happy. And, and attitude is... Well, Ben, you've, you really struck a, a, an interesting thing, as you can tell. I'm, I'm the last person in the world to, to try and describe how the universe works, okay? But there is a force out there that some people call God. Some people, there are any number of names for it. I'm not capable of adequately describing it to you or your listeners. But I firmly believe that if you have faith, if you want to call it that, or a belief yes. that things, if you have a positive attitude that that comes back to you, that somewhere, that there is a force in the universe, it's, uh, they call it, some people call it the attraction theory, or, but yes, get up in the morning and know that you are going to make the best of this day, regardless of what's served to you. Now, this is going to, this is going to be the only time that you and I are going to live this day, Ben. So yes. when I go to bed, when I go to bed tonight, do I do I tear this day off the calendar and throw it in the jar that says wasted, or do I take this this day off the calendar and throw it in the jar that says well spent? That's my choice. So my advice to people out there that are struggling is to look around and live today. Make the best out of today that you can. Look for the opportunities that exist today for you 
They are there if you look for them and quit worrying about tomorrow. Worry is a choice. Worry is, is, is imagining a future event and putting a bad outcome on it. Now, right. You, can you have a choice. Easily, yeah. You can just as easily imagine the future event and put a good outcome on it or not imagine the future event at all. Think about today. Yes. Focus on the present. Focus on the here and now. We all have, we all have stress, right? But I, I've heard uh, that how you handle your stress can ultimately determine your level of success. Some people get hit with a bad scenario and it can crush them. But others, Wayne, I find that they'll actually rise to a whole new level. Yeah, they'll, absolutely. They'll dig deep and they'll be proactive and, and really find a way in, around, or right through any obstacle that stands in their way. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Attitude is, is extremely important. You are what you think. I love it. Well, Wayne, shifting gears a little bit, tell me if you had to describe to our audience, what is your, uh, what is your personal mission? What do you, what do you strive to do on a, on a daily and a weekly basis? On a daily basis, I strive to enjoy each day as much as absolutely possible. That, <laughs> people interpret that incorrectly. I still have a job. Yes. I, still, I still work. Uh, I, I practice law. I, I, I'm a public speaker. I'm a coach. I still do things that people traditionally don't connect with having a good time. But I have said for years, you know, I started saying it as a joke, but I realized it's it's part of my life. If it's not fun, I don't do it. And if you don't enjoy it, if it's not something in your wheelhouse, you make a decision not to not to live yes. there, not to operate in that. Yes, I love exactly. It. And and people say, well, that sounds like a privilege. It's not a privilege. It's it's a choice that you make. And again, they reference, oh, how about these people working in, in the packing plants, the miserable jobs like that? I understand that. But if that truly isn't what you want to do, then money isn't the money isn't the, the answer. Look, you only get one life. Yes. As far as I know. Okay. And and life is a gift. So what do you do with a gift? You enjoy that gift. You know, a, a, there's an, another old saying that I enjoy, and that is a full life is a glory to God. Okay? I mean, if, if absolutely. All right. So if you if you are a, a person of faith and you believe that your God puts you here, then your job is to enjoy this life as uh, enjoy this gift as best as you can to live it to the to the fullest. Yes. Yes. Don't wow. waste a day. Wayne, that is absolutely awesome. Well, tell us this, as we, uh, as we wrap up today, how can people connect with you? How can people learn more about what you do, whether it's uh, uh, coaching, uh, speaking, leadership? Well, Ben, <laughs> my website is my name. And of course, I, I, I have learned through the years that spelling my name is, is almost an impossible task for most people. Even people who know who I do business with, I get... My name is spelled Wayne, W-A-Y-N-E, Schoenberg, S-C-H-O-E-N-E-B-E-R-G.com. I should have used Adam Bond. <laughs> yes. Well, you can do, you can do both, right? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and my email is Wayne at WayneSchoenberg.com. My phone number is 314 Seven zero eight one thousand. That's my cell phone number. It goes right through to me. I don't believe in in filtering my calls. If people are calling me, I feel they are calling me 
because it's important, aside from the people always trying to get me to reduce my credit card debt, you know, hey, <laughs> congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You get, uh, I'm sure you get a few of those throughout the week. Yeah. But I, but I figure if people are going to call, it's important to them. If it's important to them, it's important to me. So it goes through to my cell phone and I spend a yes. lot of time, for instance, uh, during this period of time, the cell phone's been ringing and there'll be messages on there and I'll get back to them. So 314-708-1000 is that and uh, give me a call. If you're interested in having me speak to your group or I, I work with groups, I do workshops on leadership and, and that type of activity, or I do one-on-one coaching uh, on, on leadership. And so contact me and um, we'll have a discussion as to whether or not it's right for you. Wonderful. And tell us this, anything coming up this year, whether uh, online or any future engagements, is there anything you have coming up on uh, maybe social media, Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn that uh, that our listeners should know about. Well, I'm on I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I am on uh, Twitter. Wayne underscore T on Twitter. Instagram is uh, just Wayne Schoenberg, all, all one word. Facebook, you can you can find me. Uh, the National Speaker Association. We are meeting on a regular basis to try and solve the crisis that's happened with the. Because of COVID-19, all of the events have been canceled. Uh, some of my friends who are, you know, again, I have this law practice that is uh, very successful that pays my bills. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, cancellation. So we've had a number of events canceled. Right now, we're kind of scrambling around. We're trying to put them together. So I don't have anything that comes immediately to mind that would be uh, public for, for people to attend. But we're doing some online things. Uh, some of the, uh, the people have switched. It's tough to do a keynote address. <laughs> on Zoom, <laughs> but but right, we're taking the opportunity to learn how to do that. How's that? That's right. times like these will cause us to to pivot to adjust. This will this will allow people to go the way of uh, Netflix as opposed to uh, to Blockbuster. So uh, I'm getting, <laughs> out of all situations, will come opportunity. Wayne. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, I just want to say thank you so much for uh, uh, for your time this morning, for sharing uh, your wisdom, for sharing your life with our with our listeners. I'll put a link in the show notes to everything you just mentioned with your website and, and social media pages. For all of our listeners out there, I would highly recommend uh, to reach out to Wayne. He's uh, he's truly made a positive impact on uh, on my life, and I look forward to continuing to work with him. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Level Ten Mastery. If you haven't already get online and give us a review. Until next time, get out there and become the best version of yourself.